Welcome to the Discover True Treasure podcast. I'm your host, Angela. To those of you celebrating Thanksgiving today, I want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. As you may know, this season's theme is life lessons from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Being thankful is probably one of the most important life lessons of them all. And even though I haven't dedicated an episode to being grateful, I really have touched on it because I've already this season talked a lot about being content with what you have and where you are in life and about enjoying life's simple pleasures. In order to be content, in order to find joy in simple things, I believe you must have an attitude of gratitude. Amen. So during today's episode, I am so excited to replay one of the episodes from season one. And I really hope you're blessed by this episode. And I hope that it can make whatever you're doing right now, maybe you're cooking or cleaning or doing housework, um, or maybe you're relaxing, good for you. I hope it makes it a little more enjoyable. But thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you are blessed by today's episode. Okay, so before we get into today's episode, let me just say that I am so thankful that God has given me the courage to step out and start this podcast. For as long as I can remember, I always wanted to start a woman's Bible study in my home. And that desire just never went away. As a matter of fact, in recent years, that desire just seemed to intensify. But I was just so nervous to step out. And I was so insecure about being able to do something like that. But when COVID hit, I suddenly started thinking about a podcast. For some reason, a podcast just seemed less intimidating. So while in quarantine, I started seriously taking steps to start a woman's Bible study podcast. And a little more than a year later, I launched Discover True Treasure. Now, I want to make a confession. I have yet to really promote this podcast. Only a handful of people in my family know about it. I mustered up the courage to tell just one coworker. And I know this may seem strange, but you know, I'm a person who does not have any social media accounts. So I don't have those outlets to even promote the podcast on. And the website for Discover True Treasure is still uh, in development. Yet somehow, by the grace of God, you guys are here. And I am so grateful for everyone who has been tuning in to this podcast. I'm so grateful that you've decided to listen to me. I just pray that you're being blessed and encouraged uh, by hearing about the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm so very grateful that out of all the podcasts that you could be listening to, you've decided to listen to Discover True Treasure. So thanks again. Okay, I hope you're ready to study the Word of God. Let's begin. Let's begin by reading the verses that we'll be studying. I'm going to read these verses from the New Living Translation, and I plan to also refer to these verses in the King James Version throughout the study, starting with verse 10. 
you are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things, for I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws. You did not mistreat me when I first preached to you. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. But even though my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn me away. No, you took me in and cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? I am sure you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. Have I now become your enemy? because I am telling you the truth? Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. They are trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right, but let them do it all the time, not just when I'm with you. Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. I wish I were with you right now so I could change my tone, but at this distance, I don't know how else to help you. Amen. Now that we've read the scriptures, let's make some general observations about each verse. Now, before we talk about verse 10, we need to quickly refer back to verse 9. In verse 9, Paul asked the Galatians, why would they want to go back and be slaves again to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? Now, we discussed this in detail last week. We talked about how trying to obey the law or re relying on self-effort is bondage, is slavery. And Christ has set us free from all of that because he has made us righteous. So here in verse 10, Paul says that the believers in Galatia, that they are trying to earn favor by keeping certain laws, such as observing days, uh, months, seasons, or years. And he says that he fears for them because it's as if his hard work in preaching the gospel to them, uh, all of his hard work, and telling them the truth, that they are free from the bondage of the law and free from self-effort. And all of his work in telling them that they have been made righteous, that it's a free gift that cannot be earned, is as if all of this is in vain. It's as if it's fallen, it has fallen rather on deaf ears. And so... Paul even says in this verse, he says, perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Okay, let's move on to verse 12. So in verse 12, Paul begs with them, he pleads with them to live in freedom from all the requirements of the law. He says that even he, a Jew, that even he now lives in freedom from all those laws. 
Now, this probably sounds familiar to you because in chapter two, when we studied chapter two, we read that Paul told the Galatians about a time in which he had to rebuke Peter for not following the truth of the gospel. Because you may remember that Peter separated himself from the Gentile believers because they were uncircumcised. And when Peter did that, Paul asked him, why would you, being a Jew by birth, who is now living like a Gentile, why would you try to make Gentiles follow Jewish laws and Jewish traditions? And that was a great question because it doesn't make sense if no one can be made right by following the law. And as we've studied in previous episodes, the way of faith has now come. Why would anyone want to go back to following the law? So this is the main point that Paul is making over and over again in this book. The point that righteousness only comes by faith in Christ. There is no other way to be made righteous. And in this chapter in particular, chapter four, Paul is reminding the Galatians that Jesus has purchased their freedom. So why would they try to earn that freedom by obeying the law? And so now he ends this verse by saying that when he first preached to them, he said that they didn't mistreat him, that we could say they weren't offended by him. Instead, we know that they received him, that they received the gospel wholeheartedly when they first heard it. And so that's why Paul is so troubled with them now. Okay, so let's continue with verse 13. And here in verse 13, Paul is reminding the Galatians that when he first preached the gospel to them, he preached it through infirmity of the flesh. Now that I am quoting is from the King James Version, which I actually prefer. Now I know I read uh, the New Living Translation that says he preached while he was sick, but I don't believe that that is the most accurate translation. I believe infirmity is the more accurate translation. So I looked up the word infirmity in my Strong's Concordance and I found that the word infirmity, yes, it could mean disease and sickness, but, and this is important, but the very first definition in the Strong's Concordance for the word infirmity as used in this verse is feebleness of body or mind. And the second definition is malady. And the third is frailty. So I think that's interesting. So even though um, it can mean disease and sickness, I think it's interesting that the first definition is feebleness. And so when I think about Paul's ministry as a whole, it seems out of place that he would be plagued with some kind of sickness. And the reason I say this, stay with me, just hear me out. (laughs) The reason I say this is because we're talking about Paul. We're talking about the one who raised a young man from the dead after this young man had fallen from a loft when Paul was preaching. And we're talking about the same man who it was said in Acts, um, 
chapter 19, verse 11, that God wrought special miracles by his hands. And remember, Paul healed sick people in such numbers that people were healed from handkerchiefs or aprons that were merely touched by his skin. And also, I had just finished reading this um, last week that Paul was, um, remember when he landed on the island of Malta, that he was bitten by a poisonous snake. And I remember how the people were watching for him to die from this poisonous snake, but it turns out he was not harmed at all. So when I consider all of this, I just don't believe that it's an accurate translation that he's saying that he preached out of sickness. And so even further, as we go on to verse 14, we see that Paul describes his condition as something that could be seen. And, you know, I take that to mean that it was something that was possibly so gross, um, so difficult to look at that people would be tempted to, as he said, despise him or reject him. And so I believe that Paul could be referring to some terrible injury that may have marred him in some awful way. And I say that because don't forget that Paul was stoned. Remember, he was stoned for preaching the gospel. And there was this one time where he was stoned so bad that he was presumed dead and dragged out of the city. But um, turns out he was not dead. You know, he miraculously got up and kept on preaching. Amen. So let's just consider for a moment what stoning would do to someone's body. Now, I can't even imagine how severe the wounds would be. Maybe the person's flesh is exposed and the injuries would have to be gross. So that is what I take that Paul is saying. So when I look at his entire ministry in context, um, that's what I believe that he's talking about maybe some terrible injury, but by all means, feel free to disagree with me. <laughs> that is just fine. Um, because I don't think that's a, the major point that Paul is making here. So the point I believe he's making here is that he's reminding the Galatians of how wholeheartedly and joyfully they received him and his preaching of the gospel. He says that they took him in and cared for him. Now, again, that makes me think that maybe they were caring for his wounds, but you know, anyway, he also says that they received him as an angel of God, or even as Jesus Christ himself. So that's the point he's trying to make. He's trying to bring them back to the state that they were in when they first received him and when they first heard the gospel. Okay, let's move on to verse 15. Okay, so here in verse 15, Paul asked, where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? In the King James Version, it says, what is then the blessedness ye spake of? He's like, where's that blessedness that you spoke about? He said that they were so grateful for him. They were filled with so much joy that they would have even taken out their own eyes and given them to him if it were possible. 
I just got to say, why would Paul say that they would give their eyes to him? Hmm, is it possible that he suffers some type of eye injury? I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. It's plausible that maybe he had been badly stoned. Anyway, in verse 16, we see that their opinion and feelings toward Paul have changed drastically because Paul says, am I your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Wow. That's just such a drastic shift in their disposition because first he said that they received him as an angel of God, or even as Jesus Christ himself. He said that they were filled with so much joy that they took him in and they cared for him. And now it's as if they don't even want to hear what he has to say. Wow. Okay. Let's move on to verse 17. So in verse 17, Paul says that these false teachers, now remember, he's referring to the men from Judea who came down and told these believers in Galatia that they need to be circumcised, that they need to follow the law of Moses to be saved. And so Paul says that these false teachers, they're so eager to win the Galatians' favor, but he said they don't have good intentions. And he even revealed that these false teachers don't even want them communicating or listening to Paul anymore. Mm. Now, isn't that exactly what someone does when they are trying to manipulate someone or take advantage of someone? You know, they usually cut you off. They cut the person off from anyone or anything that would tell them the truth. And they do that so that they can isolate the victim potential victim and brainwash them. And I think that that should be, that should have been a red flag for uh, these Galatians and it should be a, a red flag for us. Anytime someone, for instance, tells us not to listen to any other preacher, don't listen to anyone but me. And I know, I know of, of preachers who feel that way. They don't want their members listening to anyone else but them. Or what about religions that tell their followers not to even read the Bible for themselves? These are big red flags. And so here in verse 17, Paul says that these false teachers were trying to shut the Galatians off from Paul so that they would only, uh, only pay attention to them. Wow, isn't that terrible? Okay, so let's quickly move on to verse 18 and in verse 18, I believe that Paul is basically saying that these false teachers are not only manipulate, manipulating them and lying to them and isolating them from Paul, but that they're being phony. And the reason I say that is because he says, you know, it's fine if someone wants to do something good for you guys, but, you know, let them do it for you all the time, not just showing off when I'm around. Okay, so let's move on to verse 19. So here in verse 19, we see how deeply troubled Paul is by all of this. He says that he feels like he's going through labor pains again for them. And he says that these pains are going to continue until Christ is fully developed in their lives. So we can take from this that they were not established in the gospel. 
And we are to grow. We are to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to grow. And I believe that a sure sign that a believer is still a child, a sure sign that a believer is not mature in Christ is is, uh, not how long they've been saved. But I think a true sign that they are immature is when they are still going about trying to establish their own righteousness. I believe that we are still babes in Christ, that we're still children when we are not rooted and grounded in the gospel of grace, um, when Christ has not been fully developed in our lives. Amen. So let's continue with verse 20. And here I just feel Paul's pain. So we've read, we're on our fourth on the fourth chapter now, and he has definitely spoken some strong words of truth to them, but he's doing this because he loves them and he does not want them to continue to be influenced by these false teachers. And he even says that he wishes he could change his tone with them. But since he's so far away from them right now, he doesn't know any other way to help them but to just tell it to them straight, you know, just tell them what's going on. Amen. Okay. So now we're going to move on to the application part of the study and just talk about how we can glean some truths from these verses and apply them to our lives. And I have a few takeaways. I'm going to try to keep them brief, but um, my first takeaway from these verses when I read it is that uh, one of the quickest ways to lose your joys, to fall from grace. And so I take that from verse 15 um, because Paul, Paul said in, um, in that verse, he said, where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? And in the King James Version, it called it blessedness. So I believe that a surefire way to short circuit your joy is to start relying on your own good behavior to earn favor from God. And so this made me think about um, Romans because I had just recently read this last week as well, uh, the book of Romans and chapter four and verses six through eight, it says, and actually, you know, I want to, I want to read this. It says, David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared from sin. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. So this is why we rejoice. We rejoice because we have been declared righteous without working for it. So, you know, once you start working for it, you can kiss your joy goodbye. I mean, we just read how drastically the Galatians changed. Once they started listening to these false teachers and they started trying to follow the law, they lost their joy. So I think that this is a a great takeaway that should serve as a warning to us as well. So my second takeaway is to watch out for preachers and teachers or anyone who tries to control you. Watch out for people who try to tell you who you can listen to 
and people who want to isolate you from other believers because they are afraid, because they are afraid of what you may hear or what you may learn. Now, I'm not saying that uh, in the multitude of counselors, there's not safety because we know the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Um, so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about control. I mean, look at how these false teachers didn't even want the believers in Galatia to even communicate with Paul anymore. They isolated these believers from Paul and that's control. And that's a big difference. There's a big difference between advice getting advice from someone you trust, there's a big difference between that and control. And I believe the Holy Spirit will enable us to tell the difference. Amen. So my last takeaway is for us to live in freedom. Let's live our lives in freedom because we are not in bondage to the law. So we live free from the fear of falling out of favor with God. And Yes, I believe this freedom will offend some. It will offend those who are in bondage. But, you know, we just have to pray earnestly for them, pray with a spirit of humility for them. But we must continue to live our lives in freedom and in joy. Amen. So this week's meditation scripture will be a portion of Galatians 4.12. And let me read that from the New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws. So this scripture reminds me to live in freedom, to live free from condemnation, to live free from guilt, so if I hear any teaching that makes me feel shameful and makes me feel guilty, I, I just shut it off. And now I don't mean that I don't acknowledge or judge my wrongdoing because I do, but the way I do it is important. I do it from a perspective of first acknowledging my right standing through Christ Jesus. And therefore, when I, when I, acknowledge that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I acknowledge that I shouldn't be doing these things. You know, I shouldn't be getting angry. I shouldn't be holding a grudge or whatever. But the key is when I first acknowledge who I am in Christ, it causes me not to wallow in shame and guilt and believe that now I'm cut off from God and now I no longer have his favor. So Instead of feeling that guilt and shame, instead of feeling a sense of unworthiness, I feel joy. I leave prayer with joy because I know that I have been made right with God without earning it. Amen. All right, so let's end this Bible study in prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the joy and happiness of knowing that our sins are completely and eternally forgiven. And thank you for the blessedness of knowing that we have been declared righteous without working for it. Father, I pray that you would protect us from false teachers, from false teachings, 
from anyone who would try to control us, who would try to isolate us from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that you would help us to continue to live our lives in freedom, to live our lives in the freedom that Christ Jesus has bought for us. And I pray that you would help us to continue to grow in grace so that we will never fall back into condemnation or guilt or shame ever again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you were blessed by today's Bible study. Please join me later this week as we will continue talking about life lessons from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. If you have a prayer request, comment, or question, please leave me a message. You can do so by clicking on the link in the show notes. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the podcast and share it with others. Also, I would really appreciate it if you would consider giving this podcast a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Positive reviews are a simple and easy way to increase the exposure of this podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you.